Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Small Talk with Big Al. I am your host, Big Al. Um, thank you for returning after AR quite longer than I expected to be season hiatus. But we got new content, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be the first one I post because it's time sensitive. Um, because we are less than one month away from college football season, the happiest time on earth. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty great. So, to uh, start that kind of chat, we're going to bring on none other than my good friend Bradley Warshower to discuss some USM football news. Brad, welcome back to one of my many iterations of a podcast. Uh, I mean, it's not like I haven't been a guest on... on the wheat mill and the, wheat mill uh, and every other iteration that I've had of a podcast. So um, we're going to talk about our favorite college football team because we're actually fans of the football team of the school we went to. Yes, shots fired. Um, USM. It's had an eventful off season in a couple ways. It was good a, and bad. It was an off season of unforced error events. Um, yeah. You know, ranging from like the the, the 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 wide receiver that had to go to a junior college for a while to but he's back, right? He's that, back. That news broke this week that he is um, back uh, with us. Southern Miss wide receiver Quez Watkins, who is uh, an all conference lock, um Bolitnikoff candidate. All American candidate and uh, I think probable eventual NFL draft pick. Um That's I think that's a safe assumption at this point. Safely back on the roster. Uh, and then going back to the, the, the most tumultuous portion of the offseason oh. when our esteemed head coach, uh, Mr. Jay Hobson, attempted to hire the, the somewhat less esteemed former head coach, Art Bryles, as his offensive coordinator. But we'll, we'll talk about my theories on yeah. that. Yeah. So let's start with let's start with Quez then. So last year, Quez Watkins, what, uh, 900, like just shy of 1,000 yards. About 900 yards, about 70 catches, I believe. I think he had 11 touchdowns. It was around 11 to... touchdowns. One of the best receivers we've had in quite a, quite a while. At least since the other Mike Thomas. Well, sadly, he is now the other Mike Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't want that to be a uh, thing. Southern Miss, thing. for those of you who don't know, uh, had, a, had a wide receiver named uh, Michael Thomas, who was very, very good. Um, come out in the draft the same year as another wide receiver named Michael Thomas from Ohio State. Uh, that Michael Thomas is now one of the three best receivers in football, and the Southern Miss Michael Thomas is uh, not one of the three best receivers in football. He's I, not. I, I think he is still on the Rams roster. Probably. I'll check that. But, yeah, I would assume so. Um, but we love him. We love him still. We do. We, we do. Him. So, Quez, uh, Quez had some issues. With the grades, right? It was. It seems it was, like it was. It was. Uh, it, it, it was kind of kept quiet. It was one of those things. It really was. Like, they did a good job of not letting it get blown up. There was a story on like local Hattiesburg news that he was no longer with the team, um, and then later in the off season there was a story that he was back on the team. So that was the extent of the public facing yeah. issue. I think it was your classic sort of, you know, college athlete grade situation. That where they had to make sure their affairs were in order, and his ended up being in order, so all is well. And he is back on the team, and a Bolitnikoff candidate, which is great news. Um, he is not the only preseason award candidate that we have. Um, quite shockingly, Trace Clopton. The the second-year center for Southern Miss football. Was a yeah, true he, freshman starter that was what we considered underweight for the position at he, the time. He, I mean, but he was, for a freshman offensive lineman, he was... He was a big guy. And, he was. And, and, you know, the, the idea here is, and this is one of the theories behind why a, a G5 program uh, like Southern Miss um, can never quite close that gap with the, the at least the good Power 5 programs. Right, right. It isn't skill talent. Um, it isn't even quarterback talent. A lot of times the quarterbacks at G5 programs end up being better than some of the Power 5 peers. Very true. In college, on the college Very level. Um, Mike Thomas is still on the Rams roster. By excellent, way. excellent. As is Austin Prohl, apparently. Uh -huh. I'm assuming son of Ricky. Anyway, not important. Continuing. Mm. We'll file that one away, though, for future, uh, <laughs> future, for future trivia. Future trivia, when they ask us who Ricky Prohl's son is, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll tell them. It's probably Austin. So, the difference, I think, between most G5 programs and most Power 5 programs is, again, not at the skill level. It's not even at quarterback. Um, it is at offensive line. Yeah, that's the biggest difference. And the issue isn't even that you don't have good offensive linemen at the G5 level. The issue is that it takes 
three years to develop the offensive lineman that you do get. Yeah. If you recruit well on the G5 level, you're getting probably a kid who is in high school, a six foot five, two hundred and fifty-five, yeah, two hundred and sixty pound. Yeah. He needs refinement on his technique. He he needs to get bigger. Uh, you don't know if he's ever going to get that refined technique or if he's ever going to get big enough and strong enough. Um, but even if you hit on those kids, uh, by the time they're three ten and ready to play, ready to be a draft pick, yeah. it's still three years down the line. Exactly. Right? And you don't often have a kid who comes in as a freshman who is ready to play. Um, what we can go back a little ways to uh, maybe 2013, which was the the the, the bottom of the dark times in terms oh, of talent. It was real bad. Uh, there was a year where Southern Miss football did not play at all. Uh, that was <laughs> 2012. 2012. We don't really didn't exist. It didn't happen. Uh, the next Self-prescribed, year, self-prescribed uh, penalty year. Yeah. Uh, so the next year we had no talent, less talent even than the year we didn't play, which is really impressive if you think about it. Uh, that year we had a f- true freshman named Cameron Tom start at right tackle. Yep. Um, Cameron Tom is now an NFL center with the Saints. Uh, so he had no business starting at right tackle. No, he was real bad at right tackle too. Real I mean, bad. but but he was also freshman all conference. He was. Which he was. Is only accentuating my point. He was playing basically out of position as a true freshman and still made all conference freshman, which implies or it confirms yeah, yeah. what we're saying is that you don't often have a freshman play at all on the offensive yeah, line. That's it's a very long-winded way of saying Trace Clopton did very, very well last year for a true freshman. So as a sophomore, he is already a Remington candidate. Yeah, and Remington being the best center in football uh, award. So that's good news. So let's let's rewind from some of the good news. We don't want to go all the way in on that. That's kind of a good ending note for us to finish up with. We'll get to the Conference USA preseason uh, team and all that in a minute. But uh, not all good offseason. Uh, we were in the news for quite a while for some negative aspects um, thanks to our offensive coordinator situation. Uh, on the good side, we finally parted ways uh, with Shannon Dawson, which was a good thing because Shannon, uh, Shannon wasn't terrible, but he was kind of stale and it wasn't working real well. So the issue with Shannon um, is it was a hire that I liked at the time because schematically – um, in terms of the offensive system tree that he hails from, he was an air raid guy, right? Yeah. Like, what what I was looking for when Todd Malkin, currently the offensive coordinator for the Browns, Sigh. and a very likely future NFL head coach, um, took an offensive coordinator job with his buddy Dirk Cutter. Oh, Dirk. Who was no longer employed no by the longer Tampa Bay employed. Buccaneers. Um, when, uh, when Todd jumped to the NFL... Uh, my concern was maintaining continuity on the offense. Yeah. Shannon Dawson, clearly, to Jay Hobson's credit, I think, was an attempt to maintain that continuity. It he's, was. He's a Hal Mummy sort of air raid disciple. Um, Todd Munkin via Mike Gundy uh, is also sort of an air raid guy. Um, so I thought that would work well. And, you know, for the first year with injury caveats, it, yeah. it worked fairly well. Uh, the offense got worse, massively worse, each subsequent year. It did. Um, and there's, there's multiple things you can blame that on, um, potentially. Uh, injuries, quarterbacks leaving, us being stuck with old noodle arm. Well, we're going to get to that. Uh, so that, there's other things you can blame on, but, but even just the play calling was not great. The way I looked at, at Shannon Dawson is he could game plan. He could put together a good plan for yeah. the game. But from moment to moment within the flow of the game, it was like he was calling players off a spreadsheet. It yeah, didn't really he didn't make a, he didn't make adjustments real well. Right, he didn't seem to adapt. To and what we say, like over the course of a game, you could t- you could see him like make maybe one big adjustment a game. Right, but that's all he could really do. Right, um, and generally it was just like an after halftime adjustment mm-hmm. when he had time to like sit and process it. it. Wasn't anything too stellar. Right, at least that's what it seemed like. So um, we part ways with old Shannon. He takes a job, I believe, as an analyst with Houston. I think so. Um, and then we get some rumblings. So we get some we get some rumor mills. So how do we even? Uh, let me let me start by saying that um, my blog, the the Black and Gold Review, uh, though primarily a Saints blog, also covers Southern Miss sports. And um, 
we got blocked by a few people. Yes. Um, on Twitter, our Twitter account, because including some some analysts for USM that we enjoy. Well, no, 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 no not no, getting there no, yet. No, no, okay. No, no. Our, our buddies over at at, at to the top. Uh, to the top Jamie, call. how you doing, man? Yeah. Uh, uh, Big fan, Jamie. J- Jamie, we love you. Um, we're sorry if we pissed off your buddy. Um, That's fair. It was it was a few other Twitter accounts. My point is, we made a little bit of a stir because we took sort of a hard line. I don't want to say anti Hobson stance, um, but an anti Art Briles stance, which I don't think should be that controversial a stance. It shouldn't. And finally, an anti. Hops in response to the administration's decision yes. not to pursue the hiring of Bryles' yes. stance. Uh, so we'll back up a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about what happened there. So the rumblings that you uh, are talking about were the rumblings that Art Bryles, the disgraced former head coach of the Baylor Bears. Baylor Bears, who brought them to prominence with RG3 and the and, like. And uh, oversaw uh, various problems there. To say the least. Yeah. Um, The issue was, for me, not necessarily that Hobson was considering, or at least looking at the possibility of hiring one of the best offensive minds, admittedly, in football. Yeah. Um, It was more that he seemed kind of hard-headed about the whole thing. Very much so. Um, Later on, various emails uh, came out from the university where... It was clear that the interim athletic director was not exactly a fan. Nor was the, the president. <laughs> um, there's an email, I believe, from uh, the director at the time where he, he basically told Hobson, please do not pursue this option. Look for someone else. Right. Uh, and after the point of that email, I believe, we were still considering our brows, right? We were. So, so Jay was, was kind of pig-headedly, in my opinion, pursuing this option. And the final proof that he was being obstinate about the whole thing came after the decision from the university administration to not hire Bryles or not consider hiring Bryles. Um, Hobson went to his truck, apparently, and tapped out a iPhone note and sent it off to some reporters. Yeah. And uh, declared his disagreement and, and talked about Christian forgiveness and all that stuff. And, and look, look, forgiveness is one thing, but but but... To take something public in such an amateurish way, um, to me, showed complete disregard for the university that employed him. Yep. Um, for the athletes under his direction, um, it caused a lot of scrutiny yep. of his program for a while, and I don't think that's unfair. I think when you put yourself out there like that and break completely from your administration from your team from your university so publicly too so publicly and in such an amateurish way i think you invite scrutiny you do um and it it puts the university as a whole uh under the spotlight it puts it in a bad light and and one of the issues and this comes goes back to the entire nature of college football um you can look at the controversy right now in louisiana uh with the new LSU locker room. Have you heard about this? I have not heard about this. So uh, there's a big deal unfolding right now where uh, LSU, you know, got the usual whatever, how many millions of dollars oh, in, yeah. in private donations and private funding uh, to renovate its locker room. Which, okay, sure. You know, even even some of the athletes um, have declared is, is better than, I'm talking about NFL athletes. Yeah. It's better now than the ones that they have in their NFL franchise. That's incredible. Um, Former LSU safety Eric Reed was actually kind of vocally opposed to the idea of the new locker room because it's better than the ones that he's been in, right? He doesn't think it's necessary. Um, So there's been sort of a a war between the two sides of that fan base about the need for these locker rooms. And I think that points to a larger issue. It's not necessarily whether they should have the locker rooms. It's not about the funding itself, where the money comes from. It's about the relationship of the athletic department as a whole to the rest of the, to the rest of the university. Yeah. So you have a cultural issue in college football now, where the athletic programs, especially the football programs, um, draw a line between the program and the university. We talk about the athletic side and the university side. Yeah. And if I love college football, I love college athletics. I. I'm a season ticket holder, an Eagle Club member, right? There shouldn't be that line. There shouldn't. 
you know, it should be cohesive. It should be a cohesive singular entity, uh, and that shouldn't be a university decision. That should be a requirement to participate in yeah. intercollegiate athletics. It should be under the auspices of the university. The revenue that comes in, when you have a university that is rich enough that it actually makes a profit, which very few athletic programs actually do make a profit. That's what, 10, 15, maybe? Maybe, something like that. It shouldn't be a matter of, oh, the athletic program is going to donate $20 million to the university general fund. Right. The university general fund should oversee the athletic budget, period. Um, Anyway, I'm getting off track here. The point is, there's a cultural difference between those two, quote, sides of the university. And it's clear that Jay Hobson, based on his response, prioritizes his area, his part of that culture, over the good of the rest of the the university. Uh, And that's what I had a problem with. Because from a PR standpoint, that would have been a fucking nightmare. I mean... Uh, it would have been absurd. And that's the thing. I didn't have a problem necessarily with him kicking the tires in Art Riles and, and, and checking out where the investigation stood. If he had been completely cleared, it may have still been a public relations problem, but they may have been within their rights to hire him. Yeah. He hasn't been cleared. He's still under investigation. Uh, there's no reason to put the university at risk, but also there is no reason and no good reason to so publicly throw the rest of your administration or attempt to throw the rest of the administration under the bus just because you didn't get the guy you wanted. Yep. Basically throw a hissy fit. That's my... Exactly. Thank thank you for putting it in in South Mississippi terms. Basically threw a hissy fit. He he pitched a fit and that wasn't a good look. No, it wasn't. Uh, But all that said, all that said... Would have been fun though. All that said, all that said, uh, I think the ultimate hire that, that Jay made was solid. It's a solid hire, and it's really just a solid hire to be uh, kind of a an oversee of Walden, and I, really. And we'll go back, we'll talk about that for a minute, but I'll talk again in terms of big, abstract, kind of philosophical, the general overview. I, I think, um, once again, Hobson has shown a good grasp of kind of a big picture, right? Yeah. Like, I think in big picture in terms of the types of athletes he recruits. Oh, he's a solid recruiter. Not like, just a solid recruiter, but like philosophically he goes after the right kind of guy. He does, right? he does. Um, in terms of their physical makeup, in terms of the types of athletes that he goes after, in terms of the systems on both sides yep. of the ball that he tries to install and operate under, I think he gets all that. He does. Um, so the question was, uh, how would he move to create an offense that would subs- that would finally complement the very solid defense that he's put together. Right. Now, so what he did was uh, he hired Buster Faulkner, yeah. who was a young offensive coordinator uh, formerly from Arkansas State, where he coached under Blake Anderson, who was... Who was a USM offensive coordinator at one point in time. Uh, under Larry Fedora. Under Larry Fedora. Uh, Michelin. Was potentially one of our... Um, Bungles and not hiring. Back when we didn't have a football team, yeah, uh, he was one of the guys that might have been the head coach of the football team the year that we didn't have a football team. But we decided not to hire him. So then we didn't have a football team for a year. Yep. Um. But the interest, interesting thing there is that we have a, a young what, a prodigy, wonderkin sort of uh, yeah. guy on staff, Scotty Walden, the aforementioned, uh, who was promoted as co-offensive coordinator uh, with Walden. Or with uh, Faulkner. And that, that should be a good pairing, because Faulkner has a little more experience being an actual D1 offensive coordinator, and Scotty Walden is just a freak of nature um, when it comes to offenses. The interesting thing about Walden is, if you Google the guy, you'll find a couple of big articles, and they're both fun reads, about how he was basically a graduate student who became an offensive coordinator and then head coach yep. at a small college team and immediately made it into the most impressive offensive program in all of college football at all levels. And then somehow we landed him. Well, I, I think that also speaks well to uh, Hobson's connection. It absolutely and does. his ability to find, identify coaching talent. I think all that stuff he's, he's great at. I think he's really solid at. And yep. if his changes in offense work this year, if the Faulkner hire, if the Walden promotion work out, we could be looking at a, a, at a good year. We could. Very, very well could. Which which leads to another issue that has happened this week, I think, on USM Internet. 
Do we yeah. want to go ahead and go there? Let's was, do it. I was going to wait until we get to like a schedule discussion Ooh. of the upcoming schedule. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so we get through. Let, let's go. Let's go chronologically here. So we get through the Art Browse debacle. Um, finally, the media kind of calms down on the scandal that it was of us trying to hire uh, Art Browse. And we get to not too long ago. What about a week ago? Two weeks ago, they announced the preseason conference USA team. Yes. And USM leading the charge with five first-teamers on that. Um, on offense, only one, which kind of alludes to what we've kind of talked about a little bit, and that the defense has been extremely solid since Hopson's come into play, and offense has been streaky, mm-hmm. I think is the best way to That's describe the best. it. Yes. Uh, Quez Watkins, of course, first-team wide receiver. Um, they didn't give him Offensive Player of the Year uh, for the for preseason for the conference, but I think he's got a shot at it. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Um but on defense, four players on D uh, on the conference teams. We got Demario Smith, the defensive lineman. Uh, my personal favorite player on the defense, Rakeem Booth, at linebacker, and then two defensive backs. Two defensive backs, or did we get no two D linemen? Did I miss the? Yeah, I missed Jocks. My bad. Jocks Turner, who I also love dearly, and then DB Kyle Hemby, who kind of came on out of nowhere last year well, to Kyle, be really, really good. He was a well-regarded junior college transfer. He was. Um, I think he has sort of your classic NFL frame at safety back there. He's very true. He reminds me a little bit of Tavarius Moore. Yeah, I could see that. Who is now who a third round pick? Now. Yep. Surprisingly, a third round pick. I don't know if he's got the same kind of freakish uh, stats, but he seems like a really natural. Yeah. Safety back there, like he he can find the ball. He had six interceptions last yeah, year. Yeah, he did. He's and um, for a team that really since. I mean, with the exception of maybe Tavarius and a couple people here and there, since the days of of uh, the Nasty Bunch in the mid-90s, we've had a pretty not great secondary. I mean, you say that. I think what we've had in the secondary are... We've never had a complete secondary. Right. We've had pieces. Right, I mean... Good safety here, good corner there, right. never on the team at the same time kind of thing. I, I can see that a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to go back. But sometimes we had the... We had a great safety and a good corner on the team at the same time, but they were the same guy, like Brandon Summerall. Brandon Summerall, yes. Back uh, in our day. Oh, oh, God. Did we really just say back in our day? Back in our day. Back in our day. Back in our day. I, I, I think we've reached the point in our lives also where we can relate the story of, uh, what, 06? We went to the Buffalo Wild Wings down in Hattiesburg. Um, yeah. To watch the Florida, Florida Southern Miss opener. Yeah. That was the first game Tim Tebow ever, ever played. played in. All he did was run for a touchdown. One time. One time. He did the, Chris Leak was the starting Yep, he did the whole run to the line, dive over the top, touchdown thing. It was the classic Jeff Bauer game versus a, a national or contending. national contender, yeah. National championship contending SEC program where for the first three quarters we were in it, and then the fourth quarter we were no longer in it. Yep. Uh, I think we lost thirty four to seven. Something like that. Something but at like halftime it was like ten to seven. Fourteen seven. Yeah, something we like were, that. We were close. I think yeah. we scored cl- uh, first. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did, we did. Anyway, um, the comment was made upon seeing some of our fellow fans, older gentlemen, middle aged, whatever, who were just as in it as us, who struck up a conversation with us that one day, one day that would be us. Yep. And uh Sooner rather than later. Sooner than we might have thought. Here we are. Here we are. So, good showing on the Conference USA preseason team. But about the same time, good news on that, uh, article comes out on SB Nation. Underdog uh, Dynasty. Top uh, top coaches on the hot seat. And and Jay was one of those coaches. Jay Hobson, one of those coaches. Now, why would he might be on the hot seat, Brad? We talked about all this good that's happened. D.C., we're out of unsweet too. If you want to make me an old fashioned, I'd be alright. It's my good friend Jeffrey. Yeah, just in case this stays in the final podcast, I want to note that uh, two of the other people who were either at Buffalo Wild Wings with us, one of them was. Yeah, I don't think I think Chris had uh, left us for that barren wasteland in uh, West Mississippi, uh, we, East Mississippi. That season. didn't. I don't think that happened either, right, Chris? I, no, I, I think I was fucking a cow in the field. So, like I said, that school in East Mississippi. We, we, I, I which we really played have one. Southern Miss football comment. Which fire, is? Fire Bauer. Fire Bauer! Yes. We you, love you, Jeff Bauer. We love if you. If you remember, on the original uh, episode of Wheat Mill, I actually signed off of the podcast with a hearty Fire Bauer. You and did indeed. I, 
I have spent almost 10 years of my life regretting that. Um, <laughs> Look, and, we, and we were young. We, we were young. We, we didn't know what could happen. We, didn't we know don't the regret. No. We don't regret the fact that Coach Bauer ended up no longer being our coach. We don't regret Larry Fedora. We definitely don't regret Todd, Todd Munkin. Munkin. I don't we, necessarily regret Hop. No, no, no. I like Jay. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I like Coach Hobson, and overall, in terms of the direction of the program, we'll talk about that in, in detail. Uh, and we didn't play football in 2012 anyway, so yeah. we can't really regret that. The point is, uh, we have nothing but respect for Coach Bauer. Yeah. Um, if if, if if flyers happen to be posted around campus uh, in, in 2007 after we lost to Rice or so, encouraging uh, a game where people would wear white instead uh, of black, uh, we had nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with it. We definitely didn't make posters and hang them around campus one night. We didn't. Technically. We definitely met up and hung them around campus. <laughs> I remember taping them to poles. You realize that you're admitting something that we have hidden all these years. It was us. I remember taping that shit to poles, to buildings. We didn't make them. We're not going to mention who might have, Elliot, made those Freeman posters. God! But <laughs> we definitely... Made the t-shirts. Look, and... look, I... <laughs> we love Coach Bauer. Absolutely do. Ab- Especially in hindsight. Absolutely love Coach Bauer. But it Bauer. was TTG. Time to go. Love you though, Jeff. Please come back and be involved in the program in I some way. I think he is. I think is he, he is. Okay, I okay, think okay. he is. I think Coach Bauer is involved. I think, um, uh, as far as, I mean, he has a really good relationship with Coach Hobson. That's he does, thing, he does. Too. Like, I remember when I worked for the student friends, one of my first interviews was to walk up to Coach Hobson yeah, because Hop coached under under a couple Bowers. of times. A couple of times. Right, I think right. he was a secondary coach, and then he was the defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator for a year or two. Yeah. So uh, in 06, I think it was, or maybe 05, his first year back, he was defensive coordinator. I um, had a perfectly good interview with Coach Hobson, yeah. where he talked about how special University of Southern Mississippi was to him. Um, you might be able to find it via massive Google foo. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. It was. An, I won a couple of awards for sports writing. It might have been one of them. I don't know. Okay. I know I won one for Damian Fletcher. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to say it might be out there somewhere because it might have won an award. Anyway. Not to say your writing's bad, but but the, 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 the goodness of the Fletcher article. Wasn't that kind of just lucky happenstance that we were there when Fletch hit it big? Yeah, I think they were looking for like a Damian Fletcher article. Yeah, not they, saying your writing's not bad because, you know, if you didn't. Well, I mean, that's People article. out there, if that's you didn't know this, uh, okay. Bradley did write a book. That is also an in-joke That's football-related! 2005, Southern Miss, uh, a Facebook group might have been created in jest, which was taken seriously. Uh, he says it in jest. Anyway, so going back to uh, Hot Seat. Jay Hops and Hot Seat. Why would Jay be on the Hot Seat? Look at all the good things we've talked about. So Offense on the up and up. Hired this brilliant young kid, Scotty Walden. Defense has been the best it's been since, what, late Fedora probably? <laughs> 2011? The defense is easily the, the best 2011 been since the 2011 defense. Yeah. Yes, So Absolutely. the best in almost a decade. I mean, I think it's better than that. I, I think this. I think we had more superstars. We did in 2011. I think that points to less Hopsons. depth. I think the Hopsons and our defense coordinator yeah. Tim Billings. They're better coaches than the coaches we had. Not that we don't respect um, Coach Duggan, who we, I think we all. I think the fan love base in Duggan. general love Coach Duggan. Um, Dish as well. Coach, Dish. Coach they, Dish. they were a good combo. I think Duggan and Dish. We have nothing but respect for those guys. Um, but I do think between Coach Hobson, who's a defensive specialist, yep. and um, Coach Billings, schematically, we're more interesting, I think. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I, I think they're a higher tier of defensive coach than we had at the time. Agreed. So we might not have a Jamie Collins, who's currently back with the Patriots, I believe. Yep, I think um, so. But we have a good depth of talent. We have a lot of depth everywhere. We have Maybe some rotation. Except linebacker. Linebacker's the only place not, but we have Rachin Booth. Right, and so we're, I could care less and we about may have talent else. there. It's just young talent. Let Rakeem play all the snaps. Absolutely, all the snaps. Rakeem, I hope love you, Rakeem. Hope you've been running laps, man. Um, so yeah, I, I think where were we? The defense is, is going to be great. So it's uh, basically why would Hop be on the hot? Why seat? would Hop be on the hot? Except seat? for you know shit talking his balls and you know and publicly, and we can leave that out. I think worked well for MacArthur. The underdog, the underdog dynasty post pointed to his record, and now I. Let's back up Which just is, a second and say that our fan base on Twitter, I was simultaneously proud of it. I thought that glass was way more full when I saw it. I was like, what the fuck, Jeff? Um, he, he, got a, go he got a half full glass of kind of watery iced tea. That's not iced tea. Oh! It's an old-fashioned. 
Oh! And a damn good one, sir. So, touche. Yeah, we're all gonna... Excellent. Alright, good job. The secret is right there. Lemon peel. Usually I go without the citrus, um, because I use the orange bitters. But I used your orange bitters and I did citrus. Well, it citrus fucking works. Um, I'm gonna have to start putting citrus in my old fashioned. So, thanks for making it more complicated, Jeff. Um, everyone out there, if you are making an old fashioned, orange bitters and additional citrus, either good a idea. lemon or orange. Apparently, peel a, apparently a good idea is is a good addition. I have and to give wanna, it credit. You want to rim the glass with the <laughs> with the peel before you put it in. So you want to rim it. You want to rim it. <laughs> this is 2019, <laughs> Grandma. We eat ass now. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Arrington, we know you probably can't invite us on your podcast anymore. Uh, we don't know what we'll say. I'd really only do... like to make two comments on the record. One, Father okay. Bauer. Two, this is 2019, Grandma. We eat ass now. That's really all I need. Noted. The all right. To know about Noted. It. It's sustainable. Ass. It's it is. That's renewable resource. Wow. All right. Okay. Hot seat. Jay. Hot <laughs> seat. Uh-huh. Oh. You know who else eats ass? The University of Mississippi. Go to hell, Ole Miss. Go to hell, Ole Miss. All right. So the reason I, I think that Underdog Dynasty mentioned that Hopson may be on the hot seat, which our fan base on Twitter did not react well to. I was simultaneously proud of us and kind of concerned about us. Um, That's fair. I love the fact that we are considered by the Underdog Dynasty writers to be the loudest, most obnoxious, most pain-in-the-ass fan base on college football Look, Twitter. any baseball teams that have played us during the time we were at USM would know that's the truth anyway. I mean, remember... Shout out, Neil. Uh, remember how pissed off the Mississippi State people were? The people in front of us at the Mississippi State-USM game in Hattiesburg, uh, what, three or four years ago? In 2015. The first time they had played in Hattiesburg in like 30 years. Um, they, I literally saw one of the guys in front of us texting one of his friends and said, if this keeps up, because at the time we were staying pretty neck and neck with them, I might kill myself, um, was stellar. We were not making it easy on them. We were not. And, and I, then we had the baseball, uh, uh the tournament, the, 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 the CUSA tournament, where state had to come to Hattiesburg and their fans were not happy about it. Nope. They didn't like the fact that we kind of trolled them by limiting the tickets that were sold to a certain number so their yep. fans couldn't buy them, which was also wonderful. It's hilarious. So we love that kind of stuff, right? Uh, so I was very on board with that. I, I love the fact that we were just going after these poor writers Absolutely. Uh, who do good work. I actually kind of like Underdog Dynasty. I really, okay. But I also like the fact that people know that we are the obnoxious, just yeah, yeah. passionate, in-your-face fan base of, of, of kind of the G5. Uh, but on the other hand... They made the point that Southern Miss has high expectations. We do. And that Jay Hobson is only slightly above 500 since his arrival. Very true. And our expectations are higher than slightly above 500, as can be expressed by the fact that, uh, Jeff, what is one of the things that you uh, wanted on the record? Uh, thinking about ass. Fire Jeff Bauer. That one. That one. That's that one. the one. So, I have another one, too. But that, that, that what, was, what was the other one? What was the other one? I mean, it's 2019, Grandma. We'd ask now, but okay, um, okay. other than that, okay. So, back when we fired Jeff Bauer, I distinctly remember being in this young gentleman's house in his living room, and we we're sitting there watching a bowl game or something. And ESPN is on, and some douchebag is on there. Mark fucking May. It was Mark May, and he says, "I believe I'm quoting accurately here. Who does Southern Miss think they are?" Yes. He was so personally offended that we would let go this competent, workmanlike coach who we're always competitive, but we're not competing for more than... We're not trying to get above anything above our station. Southern Miss should be happy to eat the leftovers off the buffet and to go to the New Orleans Bowl every couple of years and have consecutive winning seasons, but never really threaten, never really be top 25 on a regular basis. Never compete for any four or five star recruits. Just be happy to be a re- you're a directional school, Southern Miss. What do you expect? Who do you think you are? Well, we know who we think we are, and it's not the third best university in Mississippi. It is the flagship university and the flagship football football program of the state of Mississippi. And we should be a competitor with every football program in the southeastern region of the United States. 
Cheers. Yeah. Uh, we make, I don't make no apologies for this. We can, can we just end the episode? Like, I, can well, we can we open with that? Can you just play record that? that? Send it to the athletic department to use as the play walkout for every home, home To game. use as the walkout. We are zone. Southern Miss. We make no apologies, and we think we are who we are. We are the nasty bunch. We are the University of Southern Mississippi, and we're coming for your shit. And so the reason Coach Hobson might thirteen and oh, I'm on board. Fuck it, going down, Saban. <laughs> Bring it, bitch. Oh, I'm choking on my own. Well, on beer. All right. Who's this Saban guy? Does he play against... <laughs> so the reason we might... Does he play might... against Dabo Sweeney sometimes? Okay. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. God, I didn't think I could get harder. Oof. Okay. So the reason uh, uh, Coach Hopson may legitimately be seen as on the hot seat is he's only slightly above 500, and the expectations at Southern Miss... As you can see should be higher than that. So, we love you, Coach Bowery, and you did achieve at one point beyond that. At one point that. in time, be well beyond that. He well, created the nasty bunch of defense. Well, I don't know about that. I think, I think that's more like Coach uh, Carmody, Coach okay, Collins. Okay, but okay. but he brought it back. He brought it back. Um, So the issue is, not so much that I think Coach Hobson is on the hot seat. I think with another year of Six and six ish football, he will be on on the hot seat. Agreed. I think it was a season preemptive, right? And I think that might be why our fans reacted the way they did. And That's I think fair. I think also our fans felt a little bit under siege after the Bryles thing. I think, and this is the part that I felt a little bit uncomfortable with, and not the uncomfortable, but just I wanted to be like, come on, guys! I I, I know you're rallying around you know the university here, but. It's okay to admit when something goes wrong. It's okay to admit when someone does something that might be wrong. Yeah. And in that particular case, I think Coach Hobson did something that, that was, was not... Right, exactly. Like, he shouldn't have done it. Yeah. That doesn't mean I want the man run out of, run out of town. I want the guy to go 13-0 this year. I want him to go 12-1. I want him to go 10-2. I want him to be the coach that does for Southern Miss what Bobby Bowden did for... Florida State University. Which was win a whole bunch and then 45 years later fall asleep on the sideline <laughs> and everyone feels really bad about telling you that it's time for the buffet to close and you sort of need to go back to your room and yes, you have to wear socks. Uh, so our, our, our very good friend Chris Mills, um, uh, after graduating from the University of Southern Mississippi, attended graduate school at Florida State University. Uh, so he does have strong opinions about that institution. And Bobby Bowden. And Bobby Bowden. I do. And I, I, I was at uh, MSU during the Sylvester Croom days, which I mean, Sylvester Croom had a lot of the exact same problems, except he was 116th the age of Bobby Bowden. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I have a PhD from FSU. Believe me, I'm a doctor. Uh, Bobby Bowden was really, really bad. Um, he, okay, I, I will say this. He played Christian Ponder the glass fiddle, like, sort of a fiddle. Like, he wasn't hurt all the time. That's true. It was kind of a Ponder was pretty good for Florida State. That's he was it. so good, I recall. That he got drafted way too early. That someone here he predicted that he would be a good quarterback in the NFL. I did. I didn't think he'd be seventh overall good. That's true. Where he was drafted, that somewhere around that range. Seventh to twelfth. That was a weird draft for quarterbacks, though. Yeah, anyway. We're getting off. We have, we'll have another episode in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, um, I want Jay Hobson to coach here 40 years. And in those 40 years, I want him to win a national championship. I hope he is the Kevin Sumlin of USM. I want him to be to like USM what Kevin Sumlin was to, to Houston. Uh, he made him jump the last the last hurdle, Brad. You can make the noise all you want. He, was the, he jumped them over that last hurdle. I mean, I, I will I will go with the idea of him jumping, being the coach that jumps the hurdle. That is what we want. Yeah, someone was that guy. I mean, who are you gonna argue it was if it wasn't someone? Well, the only place the University of Houston can jump is down a pit, and that pit should go straight to hell. I don't disagree with you, but the fact that they have done, but the fact that they have done what we want to do is true, though. Like, speaking of which, uh, the University of Connecticut, um, 
is a dumpster fire that is descending the FBS ranks as we speak, leaving an opening in the American Athletic Conference. I didn't know they played football in Connecticut. Exactly. Yeah. Neither did apparently they, apparently. they don't. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, they went 1-11, so I don't really know if they do. Bellhaven. I mean, we did that once, too. Let's not get too hasty. Uh, you mean we when? didn't what? play football once? No, 1-11 was when we did play football. I think we took a year off. 1-11 is when we did play football. Oh, okay. And then we played football after. We you know what school we beat that year, though? It was uh, UAB. It was UAB. Vengeance! Didn't they shut down their basket, their football program? Again? They're back. They're back. They're back. Yeah, they're good. Well, I know they came back, but I, but I thought yeah, they, they, they shut it down in shame. Which is a whole other episode. It, was, it wasn't necessarily in shame. It we was, should have an entire episode on the history their, of the Southern Miss UAB yeah. rivalry because we beat them under Coach Bauer like 93 times in a row. Yeah. And then Fedora decided to bend them over a table one time. We beat them 70 to 14 one time. And after that, they got really angry. And we've only beaten them that one time since. Yep. Anyway, Crazy. anyway, right. the so, point is, right. I want Coach Hobson to be the coach that brings us to the promised land. Yeah. I have nothing against Coach Hobson. I have only one thing against him, which is that one note that he emailed to a damn reporter, Yahoo reporter, to make his point. Now, that can be let go if we succeed this year. If we do not, then he is on the hot seat. So let's look into that potential success this year to close out. We'll look down the 2019 schedule. See what we got to predict here, Bradley. Uh-huh. And Jeff and Chris, feel free to chime in. Hit me. Alcorn State University. Win. That's a W. Probably a big W, but we do appreciate you coming to Alcorn State. We love you all. You bring a hell of a crowd and your band's good. We so love playing. Come on. And, uh, and let's note really quickly that when Jay was the coach at Alcorn, they almost beat us. They did. Well, that was that year we didn't play football there, right? No, no, that was the year after. Oh, that was the 11. That was no, no, it was the year after the year after we didn't play football. Was it? Uh, yeah. It was 2014. Damn. Okay. Um, next I game. Know. Thank you for reinstituting this rivalry, Mississippi State. We you will travel what? to Starkville, Mississippi. We have a game up in Starkville. We, we do. have another game up in Starkville. And, and we they have come a game back, back in Hazelburg again. So, exactly. I mean, we enjoy I'm these games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will it has say, softened me a lot on my hatred of Mississippi State. So the thing about State is that we, uh, I actually kind of almost a little bit like them in football, but yeah. baseball. Baseball, they can eat a dick. That, yeah. Baseball, they can eat a dick. But football, yeah, sure. We're yeah. cool. We're cool. Um, That's prediction. It's going to be a win. Be a win. Uh, look, okay. Here we go. Chris Mills says a go. W against State. It's going to be a win. We're listening. So I, I once lived in Hull Hall. Hull Hall is a shithole that has a bell tower. The bell tower will ring every time Mississippi State uh, scores a touchdown. Okay. We were once playing, I believe it was Maine. I was pretty drunk. Pretty sure it was Maine. Uh, it did not ring nay a time, and they ended up losing to Maine. Uh, yes, who they I did. did not remember or even played football. I thought that they were coming into town for a lumberjack contest, perhaps. Um, I don't know. They're attending the... Lobstering. Uh... The Joshua thing? Lawrence Chamberlain Memorial Convention. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Mississippi State has this this very long history of being streaky. Um, hi, we just beat Alabama when you know they had that guy that wasn't Don Shula as a coach. Um, but then they also have this horrific problem of sort of forgetting who they are and then waking up underneath Maine uh, on a, a weird Saturday night adventure. I feel like that could definitely happen. So Chris says a W. I think it's a long shot. I don't think it's I, improbable. I think the last time Mississippi got fucked by Maine that hard was probably at Little Round Top. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. Jeff with the hot takes. Damn. All right, Brad, we're saying Mississippi State. All right. I'm saying L. It's in Starkville. I think we're going to beat them in this series, but I don't think it'll be this year. I don't think it'll be this year. I agree. All right, we renew our rivalry with Troy in Game 3. I think a lot of people are worried about this game. I'm not. I I, I mean, I think it'll be a good football game. I think we will beat them. Um, Troy is uh, adjusting to a new coaching staff. A coach that we like, Chip Lindsey, is now Yeah, Chip Lindsey's great. Was a great offensive coordinator for us. Under Todd Monken. Todd Monken, yep. Um, Would have loved to have him as a head coach. I think Troy is an ascending. I think they're a good football program. They're a fun football program. Mm -hmm. Um, They've beaten us under Coach Hobson. In the Rock, no less. Yep. But I think we're a better team now. I think we are. I think I think things will work out on offense, and I think we will win that game. My, my thought was that we're going to beat either Troy or State. 
So I'm going to go with us. I think we're being, State. I think we're going to lose the state and beat Troy. And beat Troy. Following our our end of our three game road tri- trip to start the season, we close out at some school in uh, Alabama. Tuscaloosa. Yeah, one of them. Uh, something. We're going to get bent over, is what it amounts to. Uh, well, I mean... Isn't that an old Indian word that means Nick Saban? Yes. 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 Tua... Tagalova. Yeah, I, I mean... We got nothing to stop Tua. We got him. He's all... We do have Kyle, and he's great, and we do have some other DBs that are great. We have one really good linebacker. Uh, other The other guys, I'm not saying y'all aren't good. If y'all happen to stumble across this podcast, you're just question marks. We look, guys, guys, look. We, we were actually debating... Were we to beat Alabama? Look, look, we have beaten Alabama over the years, I believe, six times. Mm-hmm. Now, of those six wins, if something were to happen and one of those, or the seventh win were to be this year, where would it rank among the greatest wins in USM history? I say number one. Let's number approach one. it that way. I say one. number one. Now, that okay. is recency bias. So, like, yes. the more important consideration, even over Tua and all that, is just. Okay, so like Southern Miss nominally has like a starting offensive line and right. a starting defensive line. Yeah. They have to And Alabama has like three starting offensive lines right. and three right. starting defensive lines. No, no, you're lines. valid. I, I think it very much so, could be something where we keep up with them for a quarter or two. Right. But then, then they, they pull they, away. They run over us and they. Unless like, Tua gets it's pissed off. It's the classic story of us playing a top five SEC team. Right. So yeah. it's 21 to 10 at halftime. I'm sorry. Fuck the SEC. A top five team in general. I don't yeah. really care what conference they're from. Right. It's just what happens. Yeah, in and out, one of the top probably three teams. When you can sit there and pick five star recruits off the buffet all day. I am proud to say yeah. that every one of us here hails from the southeastern United States, yep. either Louisiana or Mississippi. And every man here despises the Southeastern, the Southeastern Conference. Conference. Save for Vandy. Vandy's eye. Are they really uh, the SEC? They are. I mean, really? I just want them to do good things just because. Really? And why don't we ever schedule them so that we can just boost their SEC win total? I agree. Except in baseball. Don't want to play them in no, baseball. No, no. Do not want to play whoa. Vandy in baseball. No, well, I mean, do we? No. No. Bradley, no. Okay. Okay, moving on. So, Bama loss, obviously. And that leaves us at what are we at now? Uh, I have us at two and two at that two point. Two and two. Two and two. I think I think two and two over the first month is perfectly. Chris exciting. has us at three and one, but I have us at two and two. Yeah, two and two. Yeah. So then we return home against UTEP. Win. Easy win. Then comes the contentious game, October twelfth, homecoming. Early in the year for homecoming this year. Mm. Against oh, that bows poorly in the weather front. Against Mason Fine. And the North Texas. It always annoys me. Green. It always annoys me when when it, when a player has a a word in their name that describes them. And he's fine. But he is fine. He's good. Better yeah. than what we got. You know what? In case he hears this, I'm not going to go in too hard on Ryan's boy. We have a friend named Ryan Chauvin who has decided to make it his mission in life to defend the name Jack Abraham. Jack, if I you like are your completion percentage, Jack. Jack, if you're listening, throw less picks. Jack, if you're listening, I understand the a picks. A five to three touchdown interception ratio is not acceptable, Jack. Jack, Jack. unless you're Terry Bradshaw. This is not 1973, Chris. Jack, if you're listening, I think that you did really well for a sophomore. Throw an out route that doesn't take four hours to get there, Jack. Jack is someone who plays from your football and does not have much athletic ability. I think Don't run, Jack. Don't hit Z don't hit O. No spin move for you. Love you, Tate God. Jack, you're gonna do fine. You're gonna do great. But you're not Mason Fine. So Mason Fine, this is the game that could turn the division. This, this game is completely the the toss up make or break game of the season, truthfully. Because I mean, we have a lot of things in our favor. It is homecoming. Mm-hmm. What a terrible We've got game. North. It was terrible. You should have made it UTEP. We've got them in the rock for homecoming. The crowd will be livid. Let me tell you this. Mason Fine. But they got Mason Fine. Mason Fine reminds me of the classic prototype Conference USA quarterback. He is that kid from Western Kentucky. Less of a douchebag. Doherty? Was that Brandon Doherty or whatever? See, I was actually going to give him a little more credit. You think he's better than 
Brandon, I think he is better than Brandon. Brandon kind of wiped the floor with us, though. That was. We I also think, weren't as good. I think that was a better football team. Agreed. Here's my thought. Mason Fine is the current iteration of the uh, Case Keenum prototype. You think so? I do. I think if Case Keenum were 5'11 instead of 6'3, he would be Mason Fine. Okay. Do you know what we did to Mason, uh, Case Keenum in his we senior year? We ate him alive. That's right. We ate him alive. You know what we're going to do to him this year? Watch that Buffalo Wild Wings. Made a, fa- a Houston fan father and his son leave Buffalo we Wild Wings We did in Jackson, in Jackson, Mississippi. It was glorious. It was wonderful. Oh, that was such a good game. Good day. Yep. Good day. You know what we're going to do to Mason Fine this year? You get bent over a table by him? No, no. no oh. Jacquez Turner. Jacquez, if you're listening. He's going to sack him about three times. Rotim, if you're listening. Jacquez, sack him three times. Kyle, if you're listening. Three picks. Demario, if you're listening. Stuff the run. Darian Yancey, if you're listening. I hope you're enjoying your new career, wherever it is. He's oh, did Darian graduate? He's graduated. Damn. My bad, Darian. We loved you. It's a good pick six you had last year. Well, that was Enjoyed tough. it. Was that last year or like three years ago? I think it was last year. I think it was last year. What year is it? We're I'm old, old now. We're old now. We don't know what year it is. And outside of the defense, Steven Anderson, if you are listening. Run some dudes over, my man. Destroy them. I love you. Please have my children. Um, so, prediction for North Texas. Win. I think it's a win, too. Win. W. Upset alert. Four that two? puts us at 4-2. and two. All right, bring it on. The next week is our gimme game every year. You'd think Alcorn State would be the gimme game. Oh, Louisiana Tech. Tech. When Louisiana Tech is our bitch. We have we have the soul of Louisiana Tech in a lockbox on top of the Johnson Science Tower. Yep. It's like the Eye of Sauron, except it's in a box. And it doesn't do anything. And it doesn't do anything except lose to Southern Miss. Jay, Jay Hobson owns them. Jay Hobson has their soul in that lockbox on the Johnson Science Tower. So we're going to take a trip to that little shitty city in Ruston, Louisiana. And we're going to win. And we're going to And we you. might let them think they're going to win. Like last year, they thought they were going to win. They had us beat. Spoiler alert. And then a weird win. sort of like golden fog descended on the rock. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said there was no sign of us coming back. But I remember looking over at Al and saying, this is it. This is the sign. Yeah. And you know what happened after that? We won. We won. Spoiler. As, uh, as a uh, former student of Louisiana Tech University in Ruston, were you really? Louisiana once that told me. Oh, 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 oh once oh. told. Oh. Uh, a man with uh, my last name once told me, look, you could fire a pistol from one side of Rustin to the other and not risk hitting anything of value. I like it. Five and two? Five and two. Five and two. Then we go, are we, we're still at home. Last game at home before we go back out on the road against Rice. Six and two. Six and two. That's so, a dub. so speaking of home, I, I don't know if our fans even realize this. Based on the attendance under Jay Hopson, they definitely don't realize this. No, they don't. That's your other problem, Jay. Fix it. Um, what they don't realize. They did create a sna- snazzy hashtag. Hop to the top. Uh, that was the was it five times thirty k. Well, the, I mean, we can have a whole podcast and how amazing the current athletic administration seems to be. That's true. But Jeremy McLean. Doing you good rock. work, son. Doing good work. Brad Smith. You Doing rock. good work. Y'all are the best. Okay. Anyway, um, we've actually been really good at home under Jay. Like we our, have. our record at home is is pretty damn solid. We are. And um, six and two is my point. Six and two. Six and two. Six and two. Then we go back out on the road. We travel. We go past Birmingham or past Meridian over there, and go to Birmingham. To play the University of Alabama, Birmingham. We should have beat them last. Thorn in our side. We should have won that game. That's last the year. story of the past decade against them. Since Fedora destroyed them that one time. This is it. This is the year. We. It's got to happen. Eight and two. So, or is that seven and two? Seven and two. Seven and two. Then we come so, back like, home. Just, just to be clear, I think we're nine and zero oh at this point. And, okay. In the national conversation. Okay. Sure. Because we've beaten Alabama. Yes. Okay. okay. 72, 72, 72, 9-0. Yeah. Then we get to, uh, we come back home, play UTSA, who have been a thorn in the side. So Frank Some Wilson, in the past couple years. if you want to talk hot seat. But he's, he's on the hot seat as well. He he's is. also on the list that our fans trashed, but he is legitimately on the list for sure. 
Frank Wilson, the Although, coach. even with his shortcomings, he still made them more nationally relevant than they ever were before his arrival. Jesus. The, the, the issue with them is, like, like they have talent, but you talk about our offense. Yeah. That, he, that, man, that man can't put together an offense to save his life. The, the one year they did beat us uh, fairly badly, it was just fluke big plays. Well, that was the entire story I think, of our of, team that of year. Of Jay Hopson's first defense, where, like, we would shut you down no matter who you were. But we were five, real susceptible. Five times a game, you would go 80 yards for a touchdown. Yep, and that's what killed us that And that, that's what beat us in that game. So and I think we, that was also the game where uh, Nick Mullins had a bone poke out of his hand and then and came back in. Anyway, yeah. And then they put the guy into an LSU game with a bone yeah. sticking out of his hand, and it was. Oof. So, needless to say, eight and two. Eight and two. So then we go back out on the road to our good old friends in Western Kentucky. Gotta try it. Gotta try it. We play the Hilltoppers again too, without Brandon Doherty. And they were bad last year. They were. Man, nine and two. I want to say nine and two. Then we get to the last game of the year, Brad. We come back home to play the Fighting Kiffins. Florida Atlantic University. All right, look, I want to say this first. Florida Atlantic beat us the last time we played them under the Fighting Kiffins banner. Did they? I believe. so. I don't so. think we've played them since the Fighting Kiffins have been a thing. Well, maybe we just lost to them as not the Fighting Kiffins. I think it was before the Fighting Kiffins. Oh, okay, okay. Well, now they're the Fighting Kiffins, and they're better than they were. But last year, last we were. year they weren't that good. They weren't because all their players either got arrested or right or run off or graduated. Yeah. Right, right. And Lane Kiffin uh, is is actually an idiot. So uh, yeah. Are so we saying? What I, I want to say first of all that are we uh, what I, think we're saying, I want to say first of all that we are sitting here in uh, beautiful Pigeon Eastern Forge, Tennessee, Tennessee mountains on summer vacation, trees, and uh, temperature not ninety degrees. And that is true. We were on the side of a hill. Yesterday, we went down to a moonshine place, and we mm-hmm. tried moonshine. I mm-hmm. procured the butter pecan moonshine. Butter pecan, old smoky moonshine. Which uh, I have proceeded to pour my coffee all morning. There's a surprisingly little of that left. I was kind of shocked when I put it in the fridge. It's uh, mostly... the vapors It's when I at it. mostly been consumed by uh, me and, uh, and Jeff here. Now, um, I've also been drinking the uh, Ithaca Beer Company, which is... Uh, Ithaca, New York. My 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 wonderful wife. Can I say, by the way, I really like wheat beers. Is from New York. The Ithaca Beer Company makes the uh, apricot wheat. Eh, it's alright. No, no, no. I, I wanted to put that on the scale. For Al to say a beer is it's alright. That means that you should probably buy it now. Yeah, because I, this, I hate beer. This is a good damn beer. That's all I'm saying. It's, it, it is good. Uh, every exactly. year when we visit her family in the summer, we load the car off with six packs of Ithaca. Apricot wheat, and we truck it on back to New Orleans. Yep. Anyway, all that said, as preamble to ten and two, that doesn't seem right, but it also seems right. Fuck it, ten and two. I, I think you mean twelve and zero. Yeah. Chris says twelve and zero. I think Ryan Chauvin agrees with him. Of course, Ryan. Jack Attack. Yep. Because of Noodle Arm. Why you got to be so mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, Jack. I'm sure you're a great guy. I do. And your completion percentage was jaw-droppingly good. If you could do that and throw less interceptions and let the ball get to where it needs to be on time, we're good. You're going to be all right, Jack. Also, Tate, Tate, we love you. Love you, Tate, God. I was a big supporter. And freshman kid, Johnson, yes. huge fan. Huge fan. Can't wait to see you probably next year. Or the year after. Ten and, now, now. now, Jack, you take us to 10 and 2. I'll buy a jersey, bro. Yeah. Look, I'll buy a custom. I'm playing and, all day right now. I, think, I, think, I will blow 80 bucks on a custom jersey if you take us to 10-2 this year, Jack Abraham. It has been said. So I think, I think that leads to the final point. If there, There's two diverging paths for USM football right now. There's the path where we go 6-6, six 7-5, and, six and, and, and Jay Hobson is legitimately on the hot seat for good reason. Yep. Win 8? Eh. Win nine. Eight, I think he's not on the hot seat. No, no, eight. He's... That does mean he's lost at least one game he shouldn't have. Right. Like, North Texas could easily end up being a loss. Sure, it sure. They're a and, great and, team. and the way that, the fact that North Texas might be the best team in the, in the, in conference, the conference this year means that we could be a good football team yeah. and not win the division. 100%. I get that. Ideally, he needs to win the division this year. We need to contend for the conference. The thing about us, about Southern Miss football, is we... I mean, it's been said that we do a lot with a little. That that yeah. the entire 
culture of this university. What, what, what's the quote? The great quote by Mickey Spagnuolo, the writer, uh, who said that you know you always choose Southern Mississippi. Yeah. You never fight Southern Mississippi. It's a great quote. It goes into depth. It's, it, it defines the culture kind of, of the school. Blue collar. Blue collar. Blue collar. I've had I mean, an old fashioned. Calm yourself. He, he talks about like you know it, it's an urban core in rural Mississippi. It's like the inner city because we're gonna we'll fight you. We we will beat you at whatever you do because we're never going to fucking quit. Right. And that is the culture of this school. 100%. You know, we don't care where you came from. We don't care who you are. If you work at it, if you try, and you don't quit, yeah. we're going to succeed. And even if we have a, a vision of success way down the line, we're still going to go for it. Yeah. And that's, I think, what we go back to Jeff's you know, beautiful tirade yeah. about what our expectations are and should be. That that that's what we are. Our, our our ultimate goals may be literally impossible in the current landscape of college football. But and we're they, not going to not pursue them. We're not going to not pursue them. That's what to the we're top. We're not going to accept our quote unquote lot in life. Right. That's why we can look at Coach Hops and, who's, and I'm sure that's why others find us annoying. I'm sure. I don't give a shit. Nor do I. And and that that's why you know someone might say that Coach Hopson's on the hot seat, even though he's done okay. Yeah. Because. Okay is not enough for us. I don't care that we have one of the smallest athletic budgets in the country. Yep. I don't care. I do my best to make it bigger. I want it to have. I want us to have more money so yep. that we can contend at a higher level. Look, as soon as I win the Powerball, Rodney B., I'm cutting you a check, bro. Yeah. And we're, we're going to put the air-conditioned dome over the rock. Over the rock, yeah. We're going to do it once we win the Powerball. Yeah. Until that day. Well, you'll get my 20 bucks. <laughs> more than 20. It is. It is. But I am a state employee. So. Right. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So the point is... Give us a raise, Phil. <laughs> Bigger than the one you just gave us. It was... It's okay, but it's not enough. I may have to cut that part. <laughs> I may have to cut that part. The, the point is... To the top means something. It's not just a cheer. and It no, doesn't mean that we literally think we're going to turn into Alabama or Clemson tomorrow. No. But that's the direction we want to be moving in. That's where we're going to the best of our ability. Yeah. So we want Coach Hopson to take us there. So that means we need to win eight, it nine, does. ten games this year. This is the year that we diverge. We either turn down the path where we are going towards our goal. And one of our... More, or we don't. Looks like a more achievable goal of getting into a different conference. Like with UConn kind of taking the dive that they're taking... There's some talk that there could be some realignment again. Well, with UConn leaving or being and an eight pushed. to nine win season would do a lot towards that goal. So that's the thing. Like, and I, and I will say we we predicted ten and two going game by game. In my gut of guts, not going game by game. Nine, nine three. and three sounds real good. We'll probably drop a game. I think somewhere. part of that is our our perception, and it's somewhat valid that over our time as USM fans, there has been a tendency to drop a game we shouldn't almost every year well historically speaking that is sort of the southern miss mo like this is the school that i think once beat alabama and then lost to like la tech when they were still in division two yeah two you know, one the year we beat florida state and then lost to louisville when and when louisville, louisville was, was and, and that leads to a whole other thing oh, that we, there's, can we can go on a oh. tangent with louisville um but overall i feel good about this year obviously i have my reservations because of what we've been through but I think it's good. So, so as a final, final, final thought, thing you're most looking forward to this season. So there's always a moment, like doesn't even have to be on the field. That's what I'm saying. There's always a moment before the first game where, like, I'll be in my kitchen at, at home in New Orleans. You know, I'll, I'll be playing like the fight song, like the yeah. morning before, the morning before opening day. Or For the me, opening it's game. The, the rap song. Oh, oh, Jay Mass, Jay Mass, we love your work. Keep even the route. Please man. do some more stuff. You, you got to release a whole. Yeah, Oh, man, come on. Oh, and, 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 and uh, Terrence Connor, who uh, has been... TC. Who has worked with J-Mass at times yeah. in the past. Look, man, I'm that little white guy that, that was supposed <laughs> to help you with your papers in, like, 2008. Um, I did my best. I hope... Sometimes you thought it was funny. You laughed at me. I thought you were awesome. I thought you were really cool. You were. 
you and J-Mass need to cut another record. Can we do another album? Cut another At record. At least just a song. Come on, man. Do a single. Because y'all need to do a single. That one, the one, the original one y'all did was just The second incredible. one was the good, too. The second one was good, too, but the original one. Whew, chills down the spine. The point anyway. is, I got a whole little playlist every year before the first game, before I leave New Orleans, drive up to Hattiesburg, that I, that I play, that I listen to. And it's, yeah, to get me hyped. But it's not just hype. It's, it's this feeling of, like, no matter where I am, I feel like I'm home when I think about Southern Miss. When I when I feel the feelings that I associate with Southern Miss, it's it's unrelated. But there was a an issue, an episode of uh, Monday Night Raw because mm. as those who listen know, probably know I'm a big wrestling fan. Where The Rock comes back to Raw for the first time in ages, and he hits the ring, and the the, the music hits, and the crowd goes nuts, and he gets to the ring. And he does the whole, finally, The Rock has come back. And he pauses for a good five seconds. Feels like an eternity on screen. And then instead of saying the name of the city he's usually at, he says, home. And sends chills. And that is how Hattiesburg, Mississippi makes me feel. On the morning before the first game, that is exactly the feeling yeah. I'm talking about. When, I'm, yeah. when I get up and I make my coffee, when we're getting the kid ready for, for, for the trip, that's what I feel, and that's the feeling I am looking forward yeah. to. And, and as me and your wife joke about uh, an episode that you're that my listeners will hear, hear later this season, um, that's something we've joked about. Is, is Brad doesn't really like to leave New Orleans. I, I make the joke that Brad, I think Brad feels like if he leaves New Orleans, he may never get back. So he doesn't like to leave the bounds of the city. That's a whole... Um, the fact that we got him to Tennessee, probably a miracle. That's a whole um, story in itself. But Hattiesburg is one of the exceptions to that rule because, because when, it's such a special place. When I'm in Hattiesburg, I am home. So I have two look forward to that. I look forward to doing Chance and The Rock. The biggest thing I think I'm looking forward to this year is I will now have three former students at USM this no fall. Kidding. And the two that have been there for a little while now have really expressed that they kind of feel that same vibe that we have mm-hmm. about it, that it is home, that it is a special place. So being able to share that with them this fall, with students, I'm clo- former students that I'm close to, that I'm friends with, is going to be a special experience. Um, and, of course, homecoming, just food. And well, yeah, we have a big tailgate. And, you know, we often get Letha's. We, uh, so if you're listening and you want to come join us for a hell of a tailgate. We're always by Lake Byron. Against North Texas. We're, we, we tailgate by the lake. Could be a huge game. We'll have one tent. So we have our double tent now. We got a tent for the baby's first birthday. We will add to the rotation. So we could do three tents. Three tents, people. And if Anna Truitt brings her tent. Four tents. We can have a quad tent. People, we need y'all to show up. We need you to show up. We usually have way too much food left over. Please come eat some of our food. That's all we ask. You only have to chip in. We'll chip in. You just come eat. You realize how much beer I have after that tailgate that I have to bring back home? Yeah. Whew. And how much food we have to legitimately end up throwing away. Oh, that's horrible. Just because it's been sitting out all day. Like, well, come eat. Come eat. So, with that said, cannot wait for the last weekend in August. I know it's just all corn state, but man, they bring a big crowd, so it'll be an electric atmosphere. It's going to be fun. We're looking forward to having y'all in the rock. And no better way to end this episode. Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Okay. Might require some editing, but I think it's fantastic. I don't think it's going to require much editing.